Welcome to the latest word from the church at Severn Run. Our church is located in Severn, Maryland, and is easily accessible from anywhere in the D.C. Baltimore area. You can subscribe for regular updates or check in weekly for the latest information by using our website, severinrun.com. Thank you for visiting. And now, today's message. So the reality of our story is the story of God. There really is a God. I want to just kind of begin at the beginning of everything. And guys, I want to remind you that there's a huge difference between what you know here and what you know here. There's a huge difference between understanding something in your head and living from it in your heart. I want you to be astonished. I want you to awaken to the wonder of it again. I want you to realize from the depths of your being and and again uh, come alive in the mystery, there really is a God. And this God is a God who has worked to reveal himself in a million different ways to us all, from from the wonders of the summer night sky to to the cry of a newborn. Uh, This God is working to reveal himself to you every single day in a thousand ways that most of us here simply aren't seeing. And today in Matthew 13, 47 through 52, I want to share with you a parable that Jesus, actually it's really less of a parable than it is kind of a, a, a forecast of the future. And Jesus is telling what the kingdom of heaven is going to be like uh, at the end of all time, which is actually the beginning of of a um, a new heaven and a new earth. And Jesus says, once again, the kingdom of, of heaven is like a net that was let down into the lake and caught all kinds of fish. We're here and we wonder, why is there evil? Why does God allow bad things to happen? Why, why is this world so very, very broken? And, and Jesus has given us an explanation that, that answers, but also leaves much unanswered. Uh, Jesus does that a lot, by the way. You know, um, he, he gives you often more what you need than, than what you want. And and so, he doesn't solve the problem of evil, but he gives a picture that puts the, the, the problem of evil in context. And so, good and evil is all swimming around together for a short time. And that's what you need to understand. Evil has a fuse um, that's lit. It's not forever. So, a net that was let down into a lake and caught all kinds of fish. When it was full... That's in when the proper time, um, the fishermen pulled it up on the shore. Then they sat down and collected the good fish in the baskets and they threw the bad away. This is how it will be at the end of the age. Okay, this is, this is the point of the parable. This is what you and I are supposed to be focused on. This is reality on its way. The angels will come and they will separate the wicked from the righteous and they will throw them into the fiery furnace. Well, Pastor Drew, do you really believe that there is um, a place of eternal torment and suffering? Yes, I do, because Jesus said so. And, and there really isn't a lot uh, that you can do with, with integrity, um, you know, to, to downplay the Word of God. It e- either is the Word of God and, and must be listened to or It's not the word of God, and and you don't have to worry about it. In this this place where it is God absent, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. 
and it is this, this image of, of eternal regret. It's this image of playing scenes over and over in your head um, forever. It's an image of opportunities lost and, and possibilities missed. And, and he asked him, have you understood all these things? Remember, in context, Jesus is talking to uh, a bunch of, of uh, Jews and rabbis who thought that they, they had all the answers. So Jesus says, do you understand all these things? Yes, they replied. And he said to them, therefore, every teacher of the law who's been instructed about the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of the house who brings out of his storeroom new treasures as well as old. What's Jesus saying there? He's saying that if you truly understand what I have just revealed... You're going to integrate it into your life and you're going to bring it out in your life. You're going to live with the end in mind in your life. You're not just going to be so wrapped up in the moment that, that you don't understand where it's leading. You know, one of the distinctions between a child and an adult is an adult is able to put things in context over time. child sees something they want in the store. It may be their birthday on Saturday. You're in the store with them on Wednesday and they see the toy they've been asking for. And have you, any of y'all ever been with a child throwing a fit in a public place? <laughs> Parenting tip. Here's what you do. Whose child is that? <laughs> now, it works best if there's other adults, you know, around. But, uh, but that child just sees the moment. And there's no sense of trust or anticipation. You know, mom and dad are good. And they love me well. And I've shared with them what I want. And... And I know that, that, that they have good things for me. There's none of that when you're two or three. There's just now. Jesus is saying, I want you to live with a sense of context in your life. And guys, what I want to share with you today is, is the story of, of life forever. The story of reality. This scripture gives us the picture of ultimate reality. This is a, a forecast of what will be. It reinterprets what is. It helps you look back in the past. And, and I mean, you guys, you know, those of you who've been on planet Earth for a few years, time flies, does it not? Oh my gosh, it flies. And just as, you know, certain milestones in your life seem like they would never happen, and now you look back and, and like they're way back in the rearview mirror, this day is coming. And with all my heart, I want you to be ready. And the only way for you to be ready is for you to individually receive Jesus' offer of salvation. You see, the, the fish that are righteous and wicked are not righteous and wicked on their own. This is a description of, of what they have done in response to the ministry of Jesus. And so there is going to come a day when every one of us will stand before God Almighty I don't believe he exists. It's not going to change anything. You're still going to be there. And everyone who's ever lived is going to be there at something called the Great White Throne Judgment. And there are two books in that, that event. There's, in, in the Revelation, there's the books plural and the books singular. The books plural records everything you and I have ever done. Everything. Did I mention everything? Oh, that? Yeah, that's in there. And, and in the books, there, there's going to be this, this writing there so that you and I will be brought out of our denial that, oh, I, you know, I'm okay, I'm, I'm good enough, you know, for heaven. You know, and, and, and everything we've ever done will be displayed there. The, the book 
is singular is a book about people who believed in Jesus and their name was written in the book of life. And we get into heaven not based upon what was done over here with all the, the, the activities of the chronicle of our life. We, we get into heaven because of what is over here, whether or not we individually receive Jesus as our, as our life leader, our Savior and Lord. And that determines everything. But I'm getting ahead of myself, so let me unpack the story of, of life forever for, for us all. It all begins in creation. You were created by love on purpose. Now let me just, just say that, that the, the scripture is clear that God loves you. And if pain in your life is helping you, know, you to, to be deaf to that, I, I just want to say I'm asking you today to listen to the, just ask yourself, what if it's true? What if Pastor Drew is not lying to us? What if, what if the word of God actually is real and God actually values me and cares about me? What if God knows my name? Because I'm telling you, God so knows your name that if you will individually receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the book of Revelation also tells us that one day, Father will gather you with him. You, you and he will just have some alone time. And he's going to give you a white stone written with a name on it. And this is just... This is just his name for you. And nobody else knows it. And, and, and it's just a name that, that Father has given you as he's thought of you forever. How cool is that? I mean, that's amazing. Jeremiah 31.3 says, I have loved you with an everlasting love, with unfailing love, with a love that will not quit, with a love that is relentless and purposeful. I have drawn you to myself. Have any of you uh, ever tried to carry a child that did not want to go someplace? Like they're, they're really too big to pick up, you know, that awkward stage, but they still throw the fit. And so then you're doing the dragging thing. Parental tip. It's much less believable if you now try to pawn that kid off on somebody else. <laughs> you know, because if you're dragging the kid, you better be their parent. You're going to get arrested, Right. <laughs> So, so the child wants to go that way and throw in a fit. And sometimes, actually, I remember doing this once. You sit down. You ever, you ever did that, you know, or a child? You know, you just, you just sit down. And I remember my mom picking me right up. I go, well, that didn't work, you know. <laughs> That's what so many of us here are doing with the love of God. God is drawing us and, and loving us and, and passionately whispering our name in the midst of all the pain, in the midst of all the hurt and the brokenness. He's, he's drawing us with an everlasting love. And we, we are just stubbornly resistant. Genesis 1.1 says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And God said, Let us make man in our own image, in our likeness. And God saw all that he had made, and it was not just good, but very good. Let me, let me just pause there and, and, and just to, to say about the creation side of things. You know, uh, I believe that the scripture as it stands is absolutely true. Now, let me just say, it's, it's, I, I bet it's infinitely more complex than we think. And, and some people have this simplistic, you know, um, mind that they want to apply to the infinite God, and that's just not going to work. Let me give you an analogy about the six days of creation uh, and, and a God who is above time and before time and after time and under time and over time and on time. <laughs> Jesus said to, to the, the Pharisees and these, these 
um, you know, religious people uh, standing in front of the, the temple in Jerusalem, this thing that took, you know, 40 years to build several times. Um, Jesus said, destroy this temple and, and I will rebuild it in three days. Now, everybody thought they understood the referent of that sentence. Everybody thought, literally, I know how to interpret what Jesus just said. They didn't. And when he was crucified and rose on the third day, oh, I, I get it. He didn't mean the, the literal stones over here. He meant the temple. I don't know how God created. I don't know. Um, it, it probably took a long time and a short time. Um, it probably took forever and an instant. Um, but I just know that, that God created um, in this infinite mystery, this infinite complexity, and the crown of his creation is you. You are not a mistake. You are not junk. However you look is a glory to God. If you wash your hair and brush your teeth. <laughs> you have been designed by God. And, and for you to hate yourself is, is, to, is really to, to, to hate the one who, who loved making you. Psalm 139, 14 says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. And David is saying, I am that work. This isn't ego. This is just alive. Uh, your works are wonderful. And I know that full well. Guys, I just want to remind you that there really is a God that he has no body but is a power, a being without beginning or end, that he is so powerful that he can speak reality into existence, matter, and that what matters most to the God who is the beginning and end of all of our story is that he wants life with you. And he treasures you. Now, our story doesn't stop in creation because the, the second act in our, in our drama is called the fall. We're deeply broken by our choice to sin and we are separated by, by, you know, from God forever. The, the Bible says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I have, you have, we, we all have sinned. And the Bible tells us the wages of sin is death. You can have a terminal disease right now and feel just perfectly healthy. It doesn't mean that you're not going to die. And, and sin is not just like, you know, tee-hee-hee, you know, oh, you know, God doesn't know about sex, you know. Seriously, that's what we act like, you know. God doesn't know what's good. Well, that's just, a, a, it's an ignorant thought, <laughs> you know, if you believe that he is good. Sin is, is not like tee-hee-hee. -hee. Sin is, is you facing the reality of your child dying of cancer. That's, that's God's heart towards this situation. I don't want my child to die. I love my child. My child has a disease. And this is a disease of independence. It's a, a disease of ego. It's a disease of I want. It's a disease of displacing God and, and, and exalting our own will and our own desires. And when, when this happened, crazy came into the world. Everything was twisted. I personally don't believe mosquitoes existed before the fall. <laughs> Just saying, you know. Crazy happened at every level of life from the, the micro to the macro. It all went insane and haywire because life was never designed to be disconnected from father. 
And when life was disconnected from father, really a fuse was lit towards death. It would be kind of like you and I diving uh, from a cliff into, um, into the ocean. And, and we're down now deep, deep underwater. Well, you can live there for a moment, but you weren't designed for there. You were designed to be uh, in the air. You were designed to see the sun. You were designed to, to walk on the earth. You weren't designed. And, 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 and so out of your element, you've got a short time. And that is our life on planet earth. We have such a short time here. And, and Isaiah 64, 6 says, We are all infected and impure with sin. You know, some of us don't think we're that bad. But what you need to understand is there, it's, it's like there are different standards of cleanliness. There's one standard of cleanliness for a porcelain toilet. There's another standard of cleanliness for the surgical center that's about to operate on your child. Would you agree? This means yes, this means no. Some of you look around and say, well, I'm clean. Yeah, toilet clean, you know. Some of you all say, well, I, you know, I've, I've, I'm really a, a good person. Compared to who? Jesus? Are you perfect? Because if you're not perfect, that's the only standard that works. One single sin is enough to, to uh, separate us from the holy presence of God forever. And sin can no longer, can no more stand in the presence of a, of a holy God than you and I could stand on the surface of the sun. We, we would be consumed by the power of it. And in the same way, so would sin be consumed by the presence of and the glory of, of a holy and almighty God. We're all infected and impure with sin. And when we display our righteous deeds, they are nothing but filthy rags. Like autumn leaves, we wither and fall. Our sins sweep us away like the wind. I'm not asking you to raise your hands. I'll raise my hand for us all. Have you ever done something that you didn't want to do, really? Have you ever... Have you ever done something that even as you're doing it, you know this is just stupid? Have you ever known something was wrong and just wanted to do it anyway? And all of this is what the scripture describes like a leaf blown along by a wind. We are now in the grip of a force that is greater than us. And it, 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 it reveals itself most obviously in, in the extremes of things like addictions. But the truth is that same power is at work in the person who considers themselves really to be a good person. You're still being destroyed by, by sin. This is the nature of the fall. Hebrews 4.13 says, Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid, before, laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. We are accountable. We are responsible. Responsible means able to respond. We are responsible. Some of you think that we get into heaven, um, you know, kind of like this, um, you know, that, um, that our... our uh, our, our good works, you know, outweighs our bad. It's, it's kind of like a seesaw, you know, and, and if our good 
exceeds our bad that we get in heaven. Satan loves to sell this one. This is the biggest lie ever told, right? This, this is a joke because the truth is one single sin is enough. Uh, how good is good enough? Um, perfect is good enough. And anything other than perfect uh, is, is a, a swing and a miss. And so the God who loved us and saw his children choose life apart from him. And the God who could not stand the thought of, of living separate from his, his beloved kids, he so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever would believe in him would have everlasting life. The, the, the third act in this drama is the story of redemption. Jesus Christ is God's only provision for sin. And, and God only saves broken people who give their life to his son. It's not religious people. It's not religious Catholics. It's not religious Baptists. It's not religious AME people. It's not religious Presbyterian people. God only saves broken people whose pride is, is you know, uh, just given up, whose will is laid down, whose fight is surrendered with the waving of a white flag to say, Jesus, I surrender to you. I, 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 I give up. Colossians 1, 13 through 14 says, For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves in whom we have redemption the forgiveness of sins. The story of God is of a God who loves so that he acts. And in the most surprising way, he, he saves in strength through the vulnerability of a baby. He conquers the power of evil through the, the, the sacrifice of a cross. And through apparent weakness, he reveals the strength of love that will not die. Jesus uh, actually was a real human being, uh, he was not a cartoon figure. Um, he stubbed his toe. He bled in life. He cried as a baby. I'm sorry, the little Lord Jesus, no crying you make. Um, you know, that was just a made-up song, you know. Uh, Jesus uh, ate. He was a real human being. He made choices. Uh, people hurt him as a child. Uh, he loved. He, he learned how to be a carpenter. He messed up stuff. He had to throw away pieces of wood that he didn't get right perfectly. He didn't just walk up as a, as a nine-year-old to a piece of wood and, and touch it, and suddenly there was a miniature ark, you know. He had to learn. And he smashed his thumb with a hammer, and, 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 he, and he wept, and he, and he experienced death around him. He was a real human being who, every point, lived his life in radical and total obedience to the will of God and to the purpose of his being which was to be a sacrifice for your sins and, and mine. Romans 5, 8 says, but God showed his great love for us. He didn't just talk it. God walked the walk. He showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. If you believe that Jesus is just a great teacher, I actually had a man on his deathbed. I visited him uh, at the Adventist hospital um, uh, on, on his deathbed and, and shared this story with him. And, and it was the last time I ever saw him. He died. 
And his last words to me, uh, and they were near the last words of his life, was, I just can't believe Jesus is the only way. Well, buddy, there's nothing I can do more for you other than to simply share with you the truth. And in humility, you have the full right to choose. That's, that's what makes you like the image of God. You are an image bearer, and part of the image bearer is that you have a free will that you can offer up in love to Father or, or you can hold back. And Father would never want you, um, would never force you into his presence, in, into his life. You, kidnapping is not love. Love is freely given. Jesus said, I am the way in John 14, 6. I am the truth and I am the life. The way, the truth, the life. Guys, there's a growing number of people who identify as evangelical believers who do not believe that Jesus Christ is, is the only way. And they say, well, you know, uh, you know, faith is like a mountain and there are many paths to the top. That's nice sounding baloney. Um, and if that's true, then Jesus isn't. Because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. And then, to make things perfectly clear, Jesus said, and no one comes to the Father but by me. John 3.17 says, whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. Let me, let me share with you, and I mean this with, with all respect to, to all the religions of the world. Um, you know, there's just profound humility here. Um, the, the, the religions of the world are, are all about do. And in, in all the religions of the world, um, it is about human beings reaching up, trying to be good enough, uh, making up these different paths and these different ideas. And different teachers who are, who are approaching truths. Don't, don't think I'm not saying there aren't some truths in other, in other faiths. There are. You know, any glimpse of the truth of the glory of God is, is a truth. You know, round wheels work better than square wheels. That's not an American idea. Okay? It's just truth. And, and, and so people are trying to, you know, to do all of these things. And every religion has this idea of, of the works side of things. Just work hard enough and, and be good enough. I stood in a Hindu temple in uh, Nairobi. And it was, it was actually just this mind-bending experience as, as I watched people offer food to, to the idols and, and talk about the 16 million something thousand, hundred thousand chances of reincarnation to be good enough to get it right. I'm thinking I'm going to be discouraged after about 2,500,000. You know? It's like, I, I didn't get it right the last 2 million times. <laughs> what hope is there for the next 2 million? Um, and, and, and literally, it was just, it was just this, this mind-numbing. And they closed the curtains on, on the, the idols there and, and, and actually said, well, the gods are eating. They'll be back in just a little bit. I hope I don't need him, you know, in the meantime. <laughs> In Islam, we have the, the five pillars, these, these five things that we must do. Only, only, only in, in Christianity did God so love the world that he became one of us. All the religions of the world are due. 
in Christianity, it is done. That's the message. That's what Jesus shouted uh, on the cross when he said, it is finished. I have done the work. I have provided redemption for, for all. And, and now the, the, the reality is that you just have to make up your mind and your heart of whether or not you will individually receive my salvation, my, my offer of grace and reconnection to, to God the Father, or, or whether you will not. Guys, normally we stop with this side of the story, but I, I want to tell you there's a fourth act in this that, that needs to be a part of your living because, you know, if for this world only we have hope in Christ, the scripture says, you know, we are of all men most to be pitied. The fourth act is the restoration of all things. The fourth act is, is after the end of our earth story, is the beginning of an everlasting story. Uh, it is the beginning of an everlasting story of life with God or life without God forever and ever. In Revelation 21.5, Jesus says, uh, I, Look, I am making everything new. I want you to to take that one phrase and just unpack it and let it fill every piece of your broken world, every ounce of your hurting heart, every, every regret, every wound, every pain, and, and just imagine God making everything infinitely good and alive and new and connected and joy. And all that God is, is going to be ours forever. Hebrews 9, again, says, Just as each person is destined to die once, and after that comes the judgment, so also Christ died once for all time as a sacrifice to take away the sins of many people. And He will come again, not to deal with our sins, but to bring salvation to all those who eagerly await for Him. That should be the description of the modern church. To live this life eagerly awaiting the next chapter, the next act in the play. There is a judgment coming. And at this judgment that is coming, the scripture tells us that, that Christ died to take away our sins so that at that judgment we stand before God justified just as if we had never sinned at all. So that Jesus Christ on the cross from eternity past bore all of our sins. And when God looks at us at that judgment, as we stand in Christ, we are sinless and we are perfect. And, and none of our condemning sins is, is held against us. Why? Because of Jesus. But if we choose to stand in that moment in our independence in our own rightness, in our own ego and arrogance, we're going to stand before God without Jesus as our defender and the court case will not go well. Revelation uh, 20, uh, 12 and 15 says, I saw the dead, both great and small, standing before God's throne and the books were opened, including the book of life. And the dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. And to anyone whose name was not found recorded in the book of life was, th was thrown into the lake of fire. Jesus said, look, I am coming soon. 
This is the biblical picture of, of reality. This is the ark of life, not only from birth through death, it's the ark of life from creation through recreation, through a new life. Guys, I want you to know with all my heart that love cannot force itself on anyone. I was a stubborn, hurting little kid, so angry inside, so mad at a dad who was wrapped around the axle in his own pain and had no room for me in his life. I was so mad at God and so mad at everybody else. And, and as I began to hear this message, I realized I had the biggest decision of my life to make. I didn't want to be religious. I didn't want to do church and, and act like I had it all together. I'm broken. And I don't want to be around a bunch of people who are pretending like they're not. That's a lie. It's ignorant. And now what do I do with this Jesus? It's offensive for Jesus to tell me I need to be saved. I was offended that Jesus was telling me the truth about my life, that it was broken and sinful. And I had a choice to make. Jesus, do I do this painful journey on my own or do I give it all to you do I go halfway into fakeness and be religious and attend church um, and yet I don't ask you into my heart and let you be the the life that flows through my veins and and the words that come out of my mouth and the thoughts that are imagined in my head Jesus what do I do with you and that's the decision that all of us have to make today. If you're religious, you're in, you're in great peril. A loving God would not force anyone who dislikes him to be with him forever in heaven. He just wouldn't do it. And in one sense, the fourth act of this play is, is the restoration of all things or ultimate rejection. That's where the, the road forks. And in one sense, hell, people say, well, how could a loving God send people to hell? He doesn't. We go there because we want to. We go there because we won't be with him. Hell is just a continuation of life's choices not to love God and be loved by God. And what makes hell, hell is there is no God there. God is love and there is no love in hell. God is light, and so there's no light in hell. God is peace, so there's no peace in hell. I've heard guys say, well, I just want to go there and be with my buddies. They will hate you. There's no connection or relationship in hell. It's every man for himself and woman. And it is eternal regret at thinking what could have been, what, what was offered, and all you had to do is reach out and, and take it. Guys, we must each individually accept Jesus' offer of salvation. And I'm going to ask you to do something that I struggled with in my time and probably you're going to struggle today. But your eternal destiny is at stake right now here today. I'm not being dramatic. I'm going to ask you, as, as the band plays in just a moment, I'm going to ask you as they lead us in worship, for you to come and to stand right here. A day is coming when the net will be drawn and the, the, the fish who are, who are good in Christ will be separated from those who are not. There is a net right up here and there is a card on your seat. 
I'm going to ask you to, to come up here and stand and to, to just to walk during the time that they're singing and stand right here where people will look at me. What? Your eternal destiny is at stake. If you keep doing what you've been doing, you're just going to stay stuck. Do something. Make a bold move. And I'm going to ask you to come here if you would like to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If you want to know that when you die that you will have everlasting life, I'm going to ask you to come and to stand right here. And after, after uh, we, we worship in this next song, I'm going to lead you in a prayer that will change your forever and, and your life and time as it has changed mine. Deal? It's going to take courage on your part. And there's going to be this, this supernatural force that is saying, don't move, don't move. And there's going to be this other pull that is the Holy Spirit of God that is saying, give up and surrender your all. I gave my all for you on the cross. Can you not walk 30 yards? I'm going to ask you to stand. And I'm going to ask you to, to meet right here, right here, to be bold, to be courageous, to let new begin now. Make your way all the time that we're singing. I'm, I'm asking you, I'm begging you as much as I possibly can, but it's your choice. Find love today. prayer and it's these are not magic words but if these prayer express the, this prayer express the desire of your heart it's going to be up here on the screen as well I'm going to ask you to, to pray it with me um, and to to let it express the desire of your heart to to let Jesus be the answer so just pray this prayer with me and uh, I'm going to pray it out loud, and, and you all, please pray it with me. And don't move afterwards, okay? Just stick for a second. We can pray with our eyes open. It's all right. You just repeat after me, please. Lord Jesus, I need you. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I open the door of my life. And I receive you as my Savior and Lord. Thank you for giving me the gift of eternal life. I freely give you my life. Use it on earth to do whatever leads to the glory of your love. Amen. Father God, I thank you that with a prayer as simple as this, the promise of your words, that you stand at the door and knock, and whoever opens the door, that you will come in and have fellowship with him is fulfilled. God, I thank you that right now, that in heaven, there is a party and a celebration going on that exceeds anything that we could ever imagine. Because now, Lord, death has lost. Now, Lord, new life has come. Now resurrection begins to be a reality on earth and, and continue forever and ever and ever. Jesus, thank you for the gift of salvation. And how God's people say,
Thank you for joining us today at the church at Severn Run. Please visit our website at severnrun.com for church service information, staff directories, or for prayer requests. And if you're in the D.C. Baltimore area, we'd love to have you join us at 8187 Telegraph Road in Severn, Maryland. We look forward to worshiping with you.